Rolling and the sound is speeding. Hi, welcome to another episode of This Week with Drew. We're back, man. This Week with Drew for Thursday, uh, April, August 19th. Uh, happy birthday, Oaks. On today's episode, we got uh, I'm back from Just for Laughs and my vacation. I was hiking in Alberta. And oh, did I turn that up loud now? No, I did not. Big Drew forgot to turn the big knob for the freestyle flow. It's all gone. But that's okay, because you know today... We waking up late and doing it. Hey, okay. Hi, welcome to another episode of This Week with Drew. This is This Week with Drew for Thursday, August 19th, 2021. How are you? How are you? Are you having a nice, fine summer? Are you enjoying the nice, warm weather? Are you uh, not really worrying about your beach bod? We all just came out of an 18-month pandemic. Don't even worry what your beach bod looks like. Enjoy, embrace yourself for who you are and love your body for all its textures and curves. Um, (laughs) Hi, welcome to another episode uh, of This Week with Drew, the show where we talk about me, <laughs> where I talk about me. This Week with Drew, the podcast by Drew for Drew. Um, and it, this is a historical documentation of my life as I'm living it, and it will be something that my kids can look back upon and say, hey, uh, look at this guy, look, and then they get a, they get a, that's what I'm thinking about is if YouTube, well, I mean, even if YouTube is still around in fucking 20 years, I wonder what's going to happen to YouTube. Like if all, there will be like a sudden day where they're like, okay, buddy, like all these videos that are just like, like, uh, from unverified users, like what they did to Pornhub. Oh, speaking of, we'll talk about OnlyFans too, but, uh, but it, it and then and then they go, hey, well, yeah, you guys, that was the golden age of YouTube when just about anybody. That'll be my that'll be my fucking my old man story. Like back in my day, anybody could upload a video to YouTube, <laughs> and I did. I uploaded them every week, and nobody watched. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay, so I'm back. Let's start off with a little bit of a. Uh, the August segment is always a little bit of uh, something like this, like, how was my vacation? How was my vacation? I always take the first two weeks of August off, but this was a very special first two weeks of August because the week preceding that, I got an email. I got an email, which if everybody knows what that means, but if you don't know what I was singing when I was saying that was... I just did the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. I'm not just two weeks ago. I was and I haven't podcasted since then. I did my Monday show, but I haven't done a video podcast since then. So I wanted to save up all the juice for the video podcast because I got a little bit more extra juice on the video podcast. So uh, in uh, I'll tell you the whole story of how it happened from the first fucking email. So I got an email from uh, Just for Laughs, from uh, Zoe, who's the main Just for Laughs booker. And she's seen me do comedy since I was like 21, um, which is like probably didn't work to my advantage (laughs) because back in the day, I was not a good comic. I don't even know if I still am, but if I am yet, because I saw Reets last night and I was like, fuck, man, I still got a lot of work to do. But, uh, (coughs) sorry, I, uh, so I think this would have been about what, January, February, March, April or May, it would have been April or May, I think, I guess, or maybe even, yeah, end of May, I got an email saying, hey, um, New Faces 2021, you're under consideration, we can't do showcases this year, obviously, because of COVID, but we want to let you know that we're a fan of yours, and we just want to know, what have you been up to, do you have any videos of any sets you might have done during the pandemic, do you have anything that you can show us? 
Um, and I was like, all I really got is my podcast. Like I've been doing comedy here and there when I can, but I don't really have anything new per se or anything. But here's my podcast. I've been working through my ideas, you know, staying on mic, kind of just keeping sharp, you know, as best I can on this via this medium. And uh, so I sent that to them. And honestly, I didn't think too much about it because I figured like everybody got this email. Like I was like, oh, if, you know, everybody who might have showcased this year most likely got this email. And then they say, don't say anything because, you know, you don't want all that shit coming out. It's like an audition almost. So I didn't say anything or whatever. And then I'm just hanging out with Natisha. And Natisha's like, yo, I got an email from Just for Laughs, like saying I might be a new face. So I was like, no shit, me too, bro. And it was like, hey, like boys, boys, boys. And uh, and so we're like, hey, fucking hey. I'm like, what did you send? And Natisha's like, I, I had fuck all to send them. I just said, hey, I'm sorry, I don't got nothing. And I was like, oh, damn, okay, like right on. So some people aren't sending shit, like whatever. So whatever, six weeks goes by and I honestly kind of was like, put this out of your head because I had gotten to the place where 12 years into stand-up comedy, I was like, I don't think this is going to happen for me. Like this is one of those, you know, weekends I'm not going to get to have because the festival weekends are the funnest weekends. That's the point of doing stand-up is like the festival weekend. If I could do festivals just 40 weeks a year, oh my God, it would be so much fun. It would be the best career ever. Um, cause everyone's together. It's like a little summer camp. Like, hey, oh, oh, and there's always meat and cheese plates and stuff. <laughs> I love meat and cheese plates, man. I would. That's I, maybe why I like doing festivals more than anything. Is I just like the meat and cheese plates. Um, and the little sandwiches. You guys got the little table with the little sandwiches. All right, I'll be there. I don't even. How much? I don't care. I get paid in little triangle sandwiches and meat and cheese plates. <laughs> so. Um, why was I talking about meat and cheese plates? Oh, because I had resigned to the fact that this most likely wasn't going to happen for me because I showcased like nine or 10 times and, uh, and I was like, that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with doing comedy for the rest of my life without ever having doing this festival. Um, and I had gotten to the point where I was like, you know, you, 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 cause you can be sad about it or you can be mad about it or you can just be like, whatever, this is just an organization that puts on shows. And although it has a lot of historical significance for me in this country and, and, you know, for us, Canada in this industry, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that I will have an invalidated career if I don't get to participate in this particular weekend. And then I kind of like, oh my God, this microphone is hot as fuck right now. Jeez, sorry, everybody. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I had that. must have had that turned up for a Zoom call. Fuck, I wasn't even looking. Okay, anyways. Okay, it should be a little quieter now. I just turned down the input gain on my Scarlett 2i2. So I had resigned myself to the fact that I was never going to do this, and I was okay with that. I was also okay with that. I was like, that's totally... I truly got to the point where it's like, well, I, ha- I'm, I have to do comedy forever because that's what I want to do. And am I going to be upset by something that didn't happen? Like I watched this Dave Mustaine documentary last night, Icons, Gibson Icons. And he was talking about the fact that when, um, when Countdown came out, he was mad because Billy Ray Cyrus had the number one album and Megadeth had the number two album, which I never even knew they had a number two album in the country. I always thought they were like, you know, trying to crack the rock. I didn't know they were like mainstream in the 90s. Um, so, and then Dave Mustaine was talking about how he was pissed off. He had the number two album and he couldn't crack Billy Ray Cyrus and it made him angry that he had the number two album. And it's like, that's the thing. Getting the number two album in the country is like, you should, that should be a celebratory day for you. That's not something anger. So it's that coming from that desire 
to always want more and want what you don't have and being like goal posting, like further pushing the goal post of happiness. Like once you hit your goal post, it's like, well, I'm not happy here. So I got to push that a little further. Like Dave Mustaine, all he wanted was a band after he got kicked out of Metallica. And then he wanted to sell a record and then he wanted double platinum. And then he wanted the number one album. And it's just like, so when is it enough? Then you want your next album to be number one. And then that's a disappointment if your last album was number one and this next album is only number 11. And then you get sad about that. And it's like, there's no way to ever be happy like that if you're constantly goal posting so I was done goal posting I had gotten to a self you know uh, place through readings and self therapy and you know additional like help in my 20s applying those tools to being okay with it and sure enough the fucking year that I do the least amount of comedy and, and when I get to a point of inner peace where I'm like I no longer need this that's when it comes down the pipe and and I feel like I had to get, it was like some fucking hero's journey zen thing. Like I'm not allowed to pull the sword out until I, until I don't care about pulling the sword out anymore. It's like all the guys who are trying to pull the sword out of the stone like so hard and they're struggling with all their might. And it's like, no man, you just got to be Arthur coming up and being like, shwink. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about this sword. You want, you want to roll? Let's go. We got a job to do. <coughs> okay, no, I'm COVID. I hope I don't have COVID. Um, I am double vaxxed, so it's fine. Um, so, yeah, so I'd resign myself. And then as soon as I become at peace with not doing it, that's when the universe is like, now you get it, bro. And then welcome to the thing. And then I was like, perfect. Obviously, this is how it's going to go down. So I was like, great. I got an email. So we had to, and then we get the email back saying after, after we get the, you're under consideration, just randomly out of nowhere, I get a message from Zoe being on Facebook being like, Hey Drew, what's your cell phone number? And I was like, like, Oh my God, I think it's happening. Like, so I text her my cell phone number. And then 10 minutes later, she calls me. I'm at work. I'm like, fucking, I tell everybody, I'm like, yo, I'm leaving the floor. I'm waiting for this phone call. This is the most important phone call I'm probably ever going to get in my career so far. So I'm just leave, leaving until my phone rings. So I'm just like pacing in the alley, just waiting for my phone to ring. And then my phone rings and it's Zoe. And she's super nice. Like I love, like, um, I think as comedians, when you take gate, you take gatekeepers and then you put them in this position in your head of like being this like sort of infallible, um, you know, I don't know, just sort of like person, like almost like a boss in a video game that you got to be like scared of or your boss at work or something like that. But that is totally not the case because these people who book these festivals, they love comedy and they just want what's best for everybody. You know, they want what's best for them and they're a company and they have to make considerations based on a million other shit that has nothing to do with me. And uh, and that's what it is. And that's all it comes down to is like there. most people who work in comedy, I've found, except for a, a few exceptions of like bar owners and guys that work adjacent to comedy who have to deal with entertainment <laughs> to get the, some kind of special liquor license or whatever the fuck. Um, those guys suck. But the people who are genuine, genuinely interested in providing entertainment for their clients are, I love those people, man. And, uh, and yeah, so it just, and she called me and it was like, hey, blah, blah, blah. We started talking about the garden show because me and Braden have been doing the Toronto Music Gardens and that's been going well. And she said, oh yeah, we noticed, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, yeah, do you want to come do New Faces? Which is like huge the new faces show for americans has traditionally been like these are the new faces like mulaney went through here and hannibal and fucking like the new faces right and just recently they rebranded the homegrown contest because they always had new faces america and then for canadians it was the homegrown like homegrown talent right because we're here we're in canada you got to have the homegrown you can't just be an american festival in canada 
So homegrown used to be a very prestigious thing. Like Dave Mahaj won in 2011. And I was, I remember being like, yo, Dave, like sick, man, that's huge. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and winning fucking homegrown or whatever. And, uh, and then they rebranded homegrown to new faces a couple years ago, like new faces, new faces, characters, which is the YouTubers and then new faces, Canada, which is like the fucking junior league of new faces or whatever. Like if we were American, we most likely would have late night credits already. Um, so yeah, it was new faces and, uh, and I was like, okay, like fucking a, let's go. And, uh, she said, do you want to do it? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I got an email. I got an email. And then, yeah. And then I spent the next like six weeks kind of just like stewing on it. And Natish goes, Hey buddy. I was like, did you get the call? He's like, I got the fucking call. And I was like, me and Natish are like really good friends. He's like one of my best buddies inside comedy and outside comedy. Like this is a dude I just hang out with. We work out, we go for food. Like we have all the same interests. Um, I love this dude. And so now I get to do it together with my brother. Like I get to do new faces with one of my brothers and it's, and it's hosted by Dave Mirhaj who, who bigged me up on his way up. I would always open for him in Alberta and we're homies and, uh, he, and you know, we always make sure to text each other and reach out and like stay homies. So I was like, okay, Dave's hosting. I'm doing it with Natish. Like, this is, this is incredible. Like this is, there's no easier. It's like almost like, oh, so this isn't even going to be scary or hard. It's just my crew just gets to roll up and just do our thing. Like that's even crazier. So, um, so whatever I'm like preparing and I'm like, what the fuck jokes am I going to do? Right. How do you, sum- how do you surmise 12 years of stand up in six minutes of jokes? And so I'm like stressing, I'm stressing and I have some COVID related stuff about, you know, flour, bread, flour, and about whatever, just COVID related material. And then I'm like thinking I'm going to do that. But then I call Zoe and I'm like, yo, I sent her an email and I'm like, yo, I don't know what I want to do. I either got my one set that I've been doing, like my, I've been doing that any fans of mine, if you know me, you'll know, like, and you watch my JFL set, the first three and a half minutes, you should know those jokes off by heart. Um, <laughs> which I, I asked her, I'm like, so what, like, do you guys want, like, I don't know what to do. I've got this new stuff and I've also got this personal material that pertains to me and, uh, and it's, and no one else can tell these jokes, which is why I like telling those jokes all the time because they're about me and whatever, right? Like no one else could tell jokes about that other than me. So I like to open with those jokes because it's about my grandpa. It's about me. It's about my parents. Um, and those are things that nobody else has except for me. So I thought it would be a good t- idea to do that, or but I didn't want to do that because I've been telling that I'm 31 and skateboard joke for so fucking long, man. And then Zoe's like, listen, like I know I've seen it a million times, but this is new faces. This is kind of like your debut. If that's one of your best jokes, if that's what you open with all the time and it always works and it consistently has worked and, and, and it always just do that, like give me the juice. And I was like, okay. And then once I got carte blanche to just hit him with the fucking golden oldies, I was like, all right, man, like I know what I'm going to do. So even in the beginning, but then I, I was like, okay, I'm going to open with this fucking skateboard $200 joke. And then I'm going to go into the fucking Kevin Darts, Kevin Licker. And then we're going to, and then, or grandpa, Kevin Darts, Kevin Licker. And then I got still had room for two more jokes. I'm like, I don't know what to do here. And I was like literally stressing up until the day of, I'm like, I actually have no idea that two days before I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I, and then I was in Montreal and we're doing like a half French show or like, it was like all, it was like we're a warm up show the night before nothing to do just for laughs, just like an open mic thing. But it was a French audience. Like everyone, all the comics before us were like in French. I was like, oh my God, like, oh, like, is this going to fucking go well? Like what the fuck's going to happen? And, uh, and then whatever I went up and then I just kind of like 
did the joke that I thought I was going to do and it bombed. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Like, thank fucking God I got this out of the way. Just relax. Do the do the one bit. I'm like, what else are you? You're a comedian. And I got a joke about being a comedian, how it's hard to write jokes. I wish I was a musician, blah, 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 Bon Jovi. And I'm like, perfect. <clears throat> I'm like, okay, all these jokes are about me. And then I need a quick little closer. And all, I was like, what do I tell Hudson's Bay Company rants? Like, no, that's an old ass bit. That's too Canadian specific. Rant jokes are like, if they don't hit, they clap just because you were talking for two minutes. Like, I want something with a little juice. And I got this little throwaway, not throwaway joke, but it's just a little joke about, oh, I saw a used condom on the street. I'm like, oh, perfect. Montreal, dirty, sex, French, whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, let me hit him with that. It's going to get an applause break because it usually, normally does. There's a big act out at the end. I wanted to do a big Drew act out because I can. And that's part of my style is doing big, you know, theatrical shit. So I was like, okay, boom. And then right before I, I like wrote out the set list in the hotel room before. <coughs> and I was nervous because all these people are like, oh, I ran my set a hundred times and I did it exactly the same a hundred times. And then Paul told me, Paul Thompson, he's like, buddy, don't worry about every, like the best sets you ever had, you didn't know what jokes you were going to do, which is so true. Like I had no idea what jokes I was going to do on the best sets I've ever had. So I fucking just went up and I just, and I was up ninth out of 10, which at first I was like, fuck. But then I looked at the order and I was like, and Zoe's like, she's like, I just don't, nobody change it. Like, I know what the fuck I'm doing. And I looked at the order and I was like, as the show was going on, I'm like, this is exactly how I would have booked this show as well. I also would have put me ninth <laughs> out of 10. Cause the person following me, Salma, she just says whatever the fuck she wants. Like she's a murderer. So it was like, I don't know the way that the show went, it kind of like, it worked perfectly. Like it ramped up and then there was like, boom. And then it was my time to go up and they, and there was a couple of like lower energy comics or not lower energy, but just like, you know, not high energy comics before me. So then it worked perfectly. Cause Al Val is the other high energy person on the show. And, uh, and then, and then his set went fucking well. And then it was like, Hey, give him a little you know regular energy and then come back and hit him with the fucking juice and then I came back and hit him with the juice and it was just awesome like I was like I took a second you can see it and if you watch on the YouTube you can see me take a little bit of a second just to kind of breathe in because I was like I don't know when I'm ever going to do just for laughs again I want to look at the crowd and like remember this and kind of take it in for a second and say hi and I don't care. Like I got I'm a comedian. I got to address the room. I'm going to do my thing. Cause I was like, I've done big sets before where I've like top comic 2019. I was like, stick to your guns no matter what. And I was up last on that show. And I was like, no matter what, stick to your guns, blah, blah, blah. Andy Kindler's there. He'll see the material even if you don't kill. And I, it was awkward and stiff and it just didn't really work. And I was so disappointed with the sets and I replayed it in my head for, for months after what I should have done. What I should have done was just gone up and been like, hey, address the fact I'm up last. Address the fact that this is a big deal show. You know, not just come out and be like, hello, my name is Drew. Uh, you know, and like be like, oh, like when would I ever do that? So then I was like on this show, I was like, fuck it, man. Like I'm already going to be disappointed either way <laughs> with how the set goes. So I might as well have fun while I'm doing it and not constrict myself to fucking be Mr. Fucking stuck in the groves. And I'm like, either way, I'm going to hate this. So at least have fun. And then sure enough, when you go in with that mentality, everything goes well. <laughs> so that's my just for laugh story. Um, 
Uh, it's already 20 minutes. I didn't think that was going to take that long. So I want to say thank you to our motherfucking Patreons. Uh, promotional consideration for this week with Drew is provided by our Patreons. Anthony, Blair, Joel, Nick and Mac, Bubba, Marnus, Bryce, Taryn, and in the motherfucking Hall of Fame, Colette and Andre say their name. Beep, 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 beep. Um, also, promotional consideration for this week with Drew is provided by our sponsor, KingTutsCannabis.com. You can use the promo code DREW, D-R-E-W, to get 10% off your order right now. Today, it's Friday. I'm ah, Whatever, fuck you. It's Friday on the Thursday podcast. But if you go there right now, they're doing a Friday high day, 50% off all their weed uh, special. So my promo code probably doesn't stack on a 50% off. But bro, go get an ounce for like 80 bucks. Like, straight up, go to kingtutscannabis.com right now. They're doing a 50% off sale if you're watching this on the 20th. And, uh, yeah, kingtutscannabis.com. Use the promo code DREW and smoke like an Egyptian. Okay, well, that's the show. We're going to come back on uh, Monday. I'm going to do a Patreon cast on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, so tomorrow we're going to do this with Drew, the Patreon edition, just the audio. And, uh, yeah, you guys are the best, so thank you. Thank you, Nick and Mac. Uh, you guys are always holding it down for me, giving me that extra juice, man. Uh, I always feel guilty when I don't drop the podcast on time, so because <laughs> you guys. So, cha, not even. And thank you, guys, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time.